G'day guys, hope you're all doing well. It is the coach here bringing you another list discussion. We are talking all things Broken Realm Marathi, but we're taking a little bit different route here. We are bringing back an OG army, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles army, and we're putting the band back together. It's like Blues Brothers. It's Blues Brothers for Warhammer. The band is coming back together. It is the Dark Elves back in action, and I thought Luke's, Luke's Indifor Gaming was an OG Dark Elf player, but he's just told me he is a Wood Elf player. So... This is going to be interesting because I want to know why. Because he, he, you, you were playing with Dark Elves before they were cool, uh, before they kind of like got the sexy stuff. And and I want to know why you chose this army, why you're excited, and let's talk through the new rules that you've gotten through Broken Realms of Marathi, which is putting the band back together through this city called. Harkuron, and I know I'm going to butcher that eventually. Uh, Anvil Guard is dead, spoiler alert, although you can still use the rules. We're not going to uh, take you away from your toys. But Luke, g'day, hello, welcome. Nice to have you back. Yeah, no, good to be back. Been a, a long time between drinks, but um, yeah, yeah, drop the, drop the, drop the truth bomb on you. was one of the last, like, list discussions we kind of had was, it was a fight. We, I mean, we I think we did another video before that, but we did Firestorm. We kind of talked through actually Cities of Sigma before Cities of Sigma. Yeah, I think uh, we had the Soulbound the Soulbound episode as well. Sure, in there. Yeah, um, uh, I'm talking yeah. discussions. Yeah, last time this discussion was talking like pre CanCon when I ran Scourge Privateers, which would be around the time I picked uh, Dark Elves up, uh, winding up nicely. Um, so so talk to me why you picked up Dark Elves, because Cities of Sigma is sexy. Like, for me, it's all about the pantaloons, the moustaches, the cod pieces, all of the great things that happen in the free cities. But you have got a different route. Yeah, so I've always been sort of an elf guy. Like, they're my thing when I play RPGs. I play the Elf Ranger. I'm pretty basic Legolas sort of guy when I play that sort of stuff as well. And uh, as you mentioned, in Warhammer Fantasy, I played Wood Elves. Um for me, the big thing that got me into Dark Elves originally was the Honest Wargamer originally did his whole thing of playing an army for a year when he was doing Chaos Dwarves for a year. And LLV at that time was putting up the stats. And obviously there were armies that were not updated at that point that weren't involved in the stats. So you had things like uh, Order Serpentis weren't being ran until uh, good friend uh, Mr. Andrew Bigwood ran them as well and i started looking at the factions that weren't being run liking to be a little special snowflake and want to have my own sort of thing to do that no one else was doing and um originally i was going to go with eldritch council at that time um i'm glad i didn't considering what's Gee, happened there. Bullet there. Uh, yeah um I, I do i do miss the lawmaster though i will admit yeah some fantastic models i actually did run them in an event i've got the badge um for eldritch council but in the end i went with scourge privateers um mainly because i like pirates pirates of the caribbean is a cool uh movie a lot of like um muppet treasure island back in the day with tim curry is fantastic um pirates have always sort of been one of my favorite fantasy tropes and then pirates plus elves it all goes together for me um and then started looking at the rules and back then they had a battalion where you could like do double activations and a whole bunch of really cool stuff that made these big blobs of troops with rerolls really really good um as multiple people around australia will attest i've played some games against some good players and taken lots of toys off with them 
Um, so yeah, that was you're very, how you're, it you're also very self restrained, by the way, for not calling out that you beat me. <laughs> Uh, in fairness, it was my very first time with Squigs. I literally got the battle tome. Like, it was like a week. I think I think like literally had the battle tome a week, maybe two weeks at most, uh, before we got into CanCon. Uh, so I was furiously painting, but you grudged me at the time. We played and you shot off all of my grots and all my squigs, and it was a sad, sad day for the bad yeah. moon. But I yeah. do remember that battalion very well with all of the shooting shenanigans and all the speed. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but I think more importantly now, the band is back together with some cool rules, whether you want to go Anvil Guard, but more importantly, you've got this new rule set called Harkuron, um, which is in Broken Realms and Marathi, as we've spoken about. So um, I really like it. I think there's some cool models. I've been kind of, just before I moved over to Gargants, I was bringing in Dark Elf models into my cities. I was playing around with a little bit of Tempest Eye, bringing in... Um, the Dreadlord and Black Dragon. I was bringing in uh, Drakespawn Knights before they got a discount. I think they were running at 150 points at the time. They've now down 130. Bringing in some of the Scourge Runner Chariots and the Drakespawn Chariots, and there's some cool stuff. But then when we get into the rules very, very, very soon, you'll see that you can really make the most of it by bringing in Daughters of Cain not as an ally. They're actually very similar to Stormcast, the one in four rule. Um, or maybe the Caradron Overlords, depending on which city you take in, in, in Cities of Sigmar. So maybe, you know, small spoiler, we want people to read the book, Luke, but I know you're a bit of a law master, so I do want to open up the floor here. What is Harkuron, and why is it now a new, I guess, allegiance city? I, I, don't, I don't want to call it Cities of Sigmar because it's actually not really a city of Sigmar. No. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert, probably duck off for the next couple of minutes if you don't want to hear the law. We won't go um, too deep. We won't, we won't yeah. ruin Christmas. And effectively, Marathi betrays Sigma, takes over Anvilgard, um, backstabs everyone there, and the Dark Elves now have their own city. It's effectively the first city of uh, Marathi's empire. Um, and so Anvilgard is no more, although there's a bunch of cool stories that talk about people from Anvilgard still going Anvilgard lives and all that. And not all the Dark Elves sided with her, which is really cool. Um, that's probably the interesting part about it. But it's a new city. So it's not a free city. It's not a city of Sigma. It's a new city. Um, and, yeah, it's all Dark Elves all day. And, yeah, like Coach mentioned, you get the um, one in four rule for Daughters of Cain. But you do give up a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, a little spoiler, a caveat here is that um, if you were really passionate about Anvil Guard, um, Anvil Guard, while in the law, is no longer. It's been seized and captured by Marathi and it's now been renamed Harkuron. Uh, the rules are still in place. So if you really like Anvil Guard, you can still play with your toys, you can still take them to a tournament, you can still play with Anvil Guard. It's just from the law, there is a separate option. And they talk through some of the things that, you know, you might be a breakaway faction, you might be a roaming army that's kind of left and you're coming back to Anvil Guard. So um, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to not play Anvil Guard if that's what you really like. But it is very different, Luke. Would you agree that Anvil Guard and uh, Harkuron are two completely different cities? Yeah, yeah. Um both like narratively and in game wise, they're just humongously different in how I play the army. Um, 
playing Anvil Guard a lot. Obviously, I have Scourge Privateers. They morphed into Anvil Guard over time when I got Cities of Sigma finally. Um, and now learning the new two cities and especially Hakuron. Hakuron is a very different learning experience to have to play my way through. While Misthaven is still a city of Sigma, I've still got all those other tools that I'm used to. Um, Hakuron doesn't have a lot of those tools, but does give you stuff in replace, but you are giving up things for it. Um, so normally at this point, I would ask you, you know, what are the strengths and the weaknesses of the army? But I think it might be better off talking a little bit about what is this city all about? And um, so again, we go to Broken Realms Marathi and we do notice there is, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, whether you're Deep Kin, whether you're uh, Daughters of Cain, whether you're Slaves to Darkness, there's a whole bunch of rules. But when it comes to the Cities of Sigma part, we do have this little, little note. And it's really interesting when it comes to Hakuron because Luke and I were just talking about this because the first rule says that the time of change, and it really talks about the fact that um, you are a city of Sigma technically, and you can continue to use the ways of the free people. So um, you can use Misthaven or you can use Harkuron. They are the two new cities. Now, I'm not going to dwell too much on this particular point because it is completely uh, contradicted. So while it says here that you can use the, um, uh, the ways of the free people, one of the very first lines it says in this uh, in your city is that you don't get it. Uh, you you are not a uh, you are not a, a city of Sigma. You do not get the ways of the free people. So Luke, what are we sacrificing when we are getting? We're losing the ways of the free people. We're losing the sort the uh, the amplified malign sorcery. Yep. So endless spells empowered goes away. We lose the ability to take stormcast. Um, that goes away as well. Uh, the Shields of Humanity rule that that is. We also lose the Honored Retinue and uh, uh, whatever the associated rule for the shield on them is called, and we lose the General's Adjutant and his associated rule, the Wise Council rule. Yeah, so when you are a City of Sigma, we're talking Hallowheart, Tempest Eye, Anvil Guard, Grey Water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of cool rules. Your Endless Spells are more powerful. Uh, you are able to, if your General has six wounds or less, they can be accompanied by a unit of up to 5 to 20 models, and you can bounce off wounds to that unit if you're within uh, 3 inches uh, on a 4+, plus, which is pretty sweet. If you are next to your homie, your um, your adjutant, you can generate extra command points, and you've also got the Storm Keeps that 1 in 4 uh, of your armies can can be Stormcast, which is really cool for me, whether it's, you know, um, you know Knight of Xeros, Aether Wings, uh, could be a, a unit of long strikes. Uh, there's a whole range of stuff that comes with the Seas of Sigma, Ways of the Free People. But you will notice at the very start, it says Harkuron uh, cannot use those rules. So you are completely sacrificing page 63 of Cities of Sigma. But what it does allow you to do is it allows you to create an army that is based around using the keywords Darkling Coven, Order Serpentis, Scourge Privateers, and Shadow Blade. So Luke, what are the, what are the units we're talking about here? Uh, so Darkling Covens is the Sorceress and all their Mind Thrall units, so things like Dark Shards, Dread Spears, uh, Executioners. Executioners, Blackguard, and what's the other? Bleak Swords. Um, Order Serpentis is the Dreadlord and Black Dragon and the Chariot and the Drakesborn Knights. Scourge Privateers, the best army in the world, are um, Blackout Fleet Master, Blackout Corsairs, Scourge Runner Chariots and Charybdis, and sorry, War Hydra also is Order Serpentis, and then Shadow Blades is the Assassin, Dark Riders, and Shadow Warriors. 
And you're the and the Charybdis is also Serpent. Scourge. No, nah, Charybdis is Scourge. It's the War, War Hydra, Hydra. that's Serpent. Yeah, yeah, but like long story, yeah, you've got both the War Hydra and the Charybdis. So it's very, very, yep. if you are old Warhammer Fantasy Battles, you are putting back your band together. Uh, and it will, we'll get to the rule in a second. And when we're talking about bringing the band back together, but you've also got uh, your army must come from Akshi. So Anvil Guard, which is the former city, was based in Akshi. So your army is tied into Akshi as Harkuron. What does that mean to you, Luke? Uh, so for that, that means you're getting an offensive artifact if you're going down the realm artifact routes because you have to take the incandescent rage blade, which is effectively just a weapon that you pick one of your weapons and every time you roll a 60 hit, you get two wound rolls. It's not a bad artifact. It's probably one of the better realm artifacts nowadays. Um, but you're limited on the heroes we can put it in because what you're not able to take in Hakuron. So that's probably the only impact. So if you were looking for something more defensive, I know I'm really obsessed at the moment with the plate of perfect perfect protection from Shaman. Um, or even like Shayish being able to use a re-roll ones to save. Yeah. Um, if you were thinking about something defensive for your uh, sorceress on Black Dragon, unfortunately that's not available because you are landlocked to actually, that is the only sit, that's the only realm that your, your, your army can take. Other than that, it doesn't really impact you. Um, some tournaments might tie some additional rules from the, the, uh, the, the realm that you're from, but in most match play tournaments, it just means that your realm artifact, if you choose one has to come from actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just depends on your tournament. There's plenty around the world use a whole bunch of different rules. So that can have yeah. a bunch of different effects. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The other, the other couple of rules that are really, really, really cool. Uh, the one that I'm probably most excited about is the Temples of Cain. So it means that one in every four units uh, in a Harkuron army can be Daughters of Cain keyword. Uh, now that means that they're not allies because they will gain the Cities of Sigma and Harkuron keyword. So the real synergies start coming about, which I'm really excited about. Uh, in addition, in each of your hero phases, you can pick one friendly Daughters of Cain priest uh, to attempt to cast a, uh, a prayer uh, in addition to the other prayer uh, attempts, which is pretty sweet. And then we've got this uh, in, is it incitement of murder, uh, yep. which is in uh, if it's prayer successful, pick one friendly Harkuron unit wholly within 12 of the priest. At the start of the hit next hero phase, if the unmodified hit rolls for the attacks made by that unit is a six, uh, it scores two hits on the target instead of one. So it basically explodes. Uh, then yeah. make your, your your wound save and your your, your armor saves uh, as normal. So you can't you can't stack this. You can't do them more than once. But you are getting an additional prayer. So, Luke, do you like Temples of Cain? Yeah, it's cool. First of all, it's giving your daughters a cane. Um, one thing really that a lot of the Dark Elf stuff lacks is a combat unit that can go in with lots of attacks. Not necessarily Rend or anything. We've got that in Blackguard. We've got Mortal Wound output in Executioners, but we don't really have that high velocity amount of attacks in a combat unit outside of, I guess, Black Elf Corsairs who don't quite do it as well as what we're getting from, say, Witch Elves or Sisters Slaughter um, or even Doomfire Warlocks. There's, there's plenty of good options in Daughters of Cain. Um, that fill gaps that you don't have with all those dark elf units because you are losing so many pieces from the other uh, parts of cities, obviously, that you're losing, and Daughters of Cain are coming in and filling some of them for you. Yeah, I, I really like Doomfire Warlocks. When I look at that war scroll, as much as I want to bring them into um, my 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 uh, Daughters of Cain oh. army that I'm kind of building, I, I, 
it doesn't quite synergize very well. They're this weird little unit. But when you bring them into Harkuron and that spell, I think it does, what, six mortal wounds or something brutal. Yeah, so long um, as you've got a unit of 10. Yeah, like like it's a, a very attractive unit and it kind of ties in really nicely compared to the other cavalry you get. Like, what are they called? The stupid... Drakesborn uh, Knights and no, Dark no, Riders. The, the, the other idiots, Dark Riders, the one that calls minus one bravery to, to, to nobody cares. Yeah. Um, um, my mate tried running them and he's like, no, this is not good. Um, I have I had a fun list that I was running with Dark Rose, but that's that's a story for another day. Sure, that's a fun um, list. But like you yeah. know, having bringing bringing Daughters of Cain just brings in so much potential. Whether it's bringing in yeah. Marathi, bringing in Sisters of Slaughter, bringing in Witch Elves, bringing in the Doomfire Warlocks, bringing in snakes, bringing in you know yeah. some of the Cobra Kai snakes. Um, you know, yeah, mortal wound potential on shooting as well is something that you don't have. You've got lots. It's sort of the alternate is where you don't have. Like you've got mortal wound combat with executioners, but you don't have mortal wound shooting, which is what the snakes do that none of your other shooting does. An air eye as well, you know, bring out. Yeah. And the cool thing um, is. And that, even the new guys as well. Uh, the Knight Shadowstalkers are a fantastic unit as well. And they get the keyword. I think that's the critical thing. Because in Cities of Sigma, I can still bring that in. That's 400 points of allies. But I can gain the keyword with Harkuron and Cities of Sigma, which means that I can really supercharge that army through synergy. So. I really like it. What are your thoughts on the prayer, the uh, incitement of to murder? Yeah, so the prayer is interesting. I've seen a lot of people ask questions about how do you actually cast it because it doesn't actually say here. And so what it tells you is it's telling you that uh, a daughter's came uh, priest can cast it as if they were casting another prayer. On the witch elf, uh, sorry, the hag and the slaughter queen's war scroll is actually how they cast prayers. It's not tied to anything in a daughter's of Cain book. It's on their war scrolls. It's the generic three up to cast on a one you do a mortal wound to yourself um but yeah there's a lot of people asking questions about how that's cast but that's how you do it um it's no, on the good, war scroll good shout good shout um especially yeah. for someone who might not be familiar with priests i know in cities of sigma there is very few unless you're going the dwarf route yeah um but yeah it's it's a decent prayer and like i said you've got high velocity of attacks on a lot of different units and what's cool is this is in shooting and combat as well um, so all of a sudden, things like Dark Shards with high velocity of shots or even Blackout Corsairs take that prayer really well because um, they can have four attacks in combat if you get a command ability and this prayer off, all of a sudden they're four attacks each. Um, and Witch Elves obviously can have four attacks each as well. They take it really well. Um, and even putting it on, like say, a high output hero with lots of attack profiles like a Dreadlord on Black Dragon, you've got to proc a six or two across it. Um, last time I played with my Dreadlord, I managed to get two sixes on the three attacks for the jaws, and all of a sudden it's four jaw attack, five jaw attacks got through, and he wiped a unit off the table. Yeah, because that's what ran three, ran two D6 ran, damage. I remember yeah. brutal. Yeah, he's ran two and always D6 damage. Yeah, I remember when in my Tempest Eye, I put on Aura of Glory just to get one extra attack, and um, that can be quite tasty. If you're very fortunate yeah. to get multiple sixes, then uh, that, that Dreadlord on Black Dragon is just an absolute beat stick, especially if you put that uh, the Incandescent Rage Blade on him or you do some some little little list tech yeah. there, and um, he, he is very worth his 300-odd points. Yeah, he is probably one of the most solid pieces in Cities of Sigmar and altogether. I, I've used him a lot. I was super impressed. Like I remember in Tempest Eye, I'm just like, this This was enough for me to switch over from free guilds and bringing my Griffin into bringing a, a Dreadlord on Black Dragon. And the Drakespawn Knights are very attractive now as well. 
The last thing you're going to get is uh, the command ability. So you can use this command ability at the start of the battle shock phase. That's an interesting one. We don't really see that very often. Um, yeah. If you do so, pick one friendly Harkuron unit wholly within 12 of a friendly Harkuron hero. One model in that unit is slain. However, in that phase, you do not need to take Battleshock tests for friendly Hakiron units wholly within 18. So kind of like the Sorceress, where like a little stabby yeah. stabby to a, uh, one, of, one of our little underlings. And um, normally the Sorceress gets plus two to cast. But in this case, you create a, uh, a bubble wholly within 18 yeah. immune to Battleshock. Of that unit too, it is huge. So it's actually giving you an immune to Battleshock of the unit that's actually being shot at because you're making an example of the week. So if you've got a large blob of, say, 40 models and do that, it's a massive radius on where that's affecting. Yeah, I know yeah. Um, I know when I play with my anointed on foot, uh, being able to get, like, a, a immune to Battleshock bubble within 18 is br is just amazing because that means the command points are just going into other things, whether it's rerolling charges, whether it's, uh, you know, rerolling ones to hit or armor saves. Um, and the fact that you've lost the the four plus adjutant kind of rule, that could be actually really helpful. Yeah. So this is actually the same command ability that you get in Anvil Guard as well. Anvil Guard, I find myself not necessarily using this as much, but when I've played a few games of Harkuron, I find myself using this a lot more because, like you said, we're losing a bit of the command point generation that we get normally with cities. Um, obviously, Anvil Guard, especially if you're coming over from that, has the generic one where everyone gets an extra D three that everyone takes with Anvil Guard. Um, yeah. so normally Anvil Guard's actually starting a game with like five or six command points to begin with where you don't need to be sacrificing models but for this, this can really make just that big unit in the centre of your line sacrifice a model and all of a sudden your whole army can be pretty much immune to Battleshock because 18 inch from a 40 blob you're, you're probably touching the corners of the table and you know, and maybe another observation uh, people may not have made yet but I'll, I will call it out is that um, I, I find Anvil Guard is starting to reward you from going down, you know, the Dragon, the Charybdis, the the War Hydra. You know, you've got some very very cool rules from the the like the Mount Trait kind of rules. The um, what's it called? The uh, uh, Drake Blood Curses. The Drake Blood Curses. That's the rule. So um, you know, it kind of does reward you to go down that route. This one to me feels like it's rewarding you to take more of the bodies. So you can still use the monsters, but it's rewarding you for take. Your, your various of, of foot troops again whether they're their daughters or whether they're cities of sigma foot troops you are getting some cool synergies and rules there yeah definitely i feel this leads you to taking the bodies this effectively if you've got an old dark elf army sitting in the closet from warhammer fantasy days this is incentivizing you to get it out and on the table that's that's exactly how i feel about this and maybe before I get into the other set of rules, because you do get a battalion, you do get some spells, very generous spells, by the way. I'm used to most cities getting three spells, but you get six spells with Harkuron, which was uh, I thought was very generous. It was very cool. You got a couple of artifacts that come with this as well. But is this the time to, to rebase your Dark Elves, to bring them back on the table if you hadn't already done so with cities? Yeah, like this is all of a sudden options for Dark Elf players massively. Because um, Misthaven, okay, other city, but that rewards you for taking Dark Elf stuff in that as well. There's rules that base around Dark Elves in that. Anvil Guard obviously takes Dark Elves really well, and Dark Elves are combat based, so they do pretty well in um, Hammerhall as well. Um, and even in Tempest Eye, when you're taking things like Scourge Runners, there's, there's a lot of options if you're a Dark Elf player to go rebase your Dark Elf army and come play Dark Elves yeah, effectively my, my too. 
I know one of my oldest and dearest mates who I've been playing Warhammer with since the dawn of time. We went to Warhammer World together a few years ago. Dave, uh, my mate Dave, is just an absolute dark elf fiend. And, you know, he was running, you know, the executioners, the, you know, the um, the crossbowmen, all of those units. And I know he was struggling to, to really make the most of it and you know, make it feel like dark elves. I feel like this is getting it. I think this is getting close to what you would have run and making it a synergized force. So um, big ups from me. Uh, from a Maybe from a power level perspective, Luke, how do you find this versus maybe some of the other cities? And obviously we can't compare it because, you know, the way that Hammer Hall works as a city obviously rewards you a certain way, especially some of the battalions. Tempest Eye, they all kind of reward you. But on a scale of like power level, do you think Hakuron is hot garbage? Do you think it's like broken OP or do you think it's kind of somewhere in the middle? It's probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest. Like, it's definitely not OP. This is not the city that's got all the janky rules that are going to pull. Um, things like out to meta busting potential. But it's also not terrible. Like, the rules it's giving you are directly beneficial to all the things you're going to be taking in the army. They've done a pretty good job at. Like, okay, we're going to give you things that make units with lots of attacks better. And that's generally what the Dark Elf units have. Lots of attacks, not necessarily the best. This makes your lots of attacks more attacks, which is making what you do better, better than what it was, which is generally the way to go when you're trying to buff something. You're not looking to buff where you're weak. You're looking to buff what you do good to do even better. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think, you, you know, in honest games, I don't think uh, it's a rubbish army. I don't think it's a, a, a game-breaking, you know, uh, Lord Croak move aside. We've now got Hakuron. Uh, it's a good little kind of in the middle, uh, which is where I think we need to be. So you're yeah. getting a couple of artifacts along with this. So you've got a couple of artifacts. You get a couple of um, spells. The artifact choices, you've got three artifact choices, plus obviously the Akshi uh, uh, artifact that you're, you're realm locked to, uh, being Harkuron. You get three of them, and I think there's some interesting ones. You've got Bathed in Blood, where you add one to the general's wound characteristic. These are the command traits. Oh, no, look at command traits. Oh, <laughs> hashtag fail. Hashtag fail. Uh, I'm getting excited about artifacts. Command traits. Um, so you got command traits. So you're going to get, the, as I mentioned, plus one to the general's wound characteristic, as well as uh, in your hero phase, you can heal a wound, um, which is quite generous. I imagine probably quite good for something like the Dreadlord or a Sorceress on Black Dragon, maybe wasted on like a four or five wound general. You've got the Murderous Zeal. So this general can attempt to use incitement of murder, so incite to murder prayer in the same manner as a priest. Uh, uh, if this general can already attempt it, they can cast it twice. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's um, really interesting, that one, because normally, as the rule states above, you can only attempt to cast it one through ooh. your whole army. So this is the only way you can get to cast it twice, um, is if you take a priest. Now, it's worth noting that the only priests available to you uh, in Hakuron are the Dulzer Cane ones. So a Hag so Priest a, or a Slaughter Queen. or and the, and the equivalent on a Cauldron. Yeah, and the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you finally got Dark uh, Adept. Um, which is the the general knows arcane bolt mystic shield spells and can can attempt to cast one spell in the hero phase in the same manner as a wizard uh, or if they already are a wizard you can attempt to cast one extra spell. Um, gen general thoughts are all three of them good? Some stronger than others? Some situational? What's your take on the command traits? I think they're all decent on different things. The dark adept's very specific. It's probably only good if you're taking like a sorceress on black dragon that's not Druce Kraith. 
because um, obviously we'll get to her in a sec, but the dragon in the battalion is a named character, so she can't have any of these. Um, but it, it's not worth chucking on another hero because it's only going to give you Arcane Bottom Mystic Shield. Uh, it doesn't allow you to pick a spell because it doesn't make you a wizard. It just makes you able to cast a spell as if you were a wizard. Do you think it'd also be good for someone like the sorceress on foot, you know, go, going the stabby stabby, yeah. getting plus yeah. cast, being then a double caster? Yeah, it's not too bad on her, but once again, she is really squishy as your general. But there are ways we can get to in a sec on how to counteract that. Um, cool. And the the first one, like you said, is good on the two dragon variations, or even if you're taking like a cauldron of blood or a blood rack shrine or like the bigger monsters, because effectively it's an extra two wounds to your initial profile. Yeah, I mean, you're healing one to, one wound uh, in your hero phase. So at best, you're healing five wounds. Uh, and then you're also mm. gaining an additional. So while that's not going to change the behemoth bracket, it will make it just that little bit more survivable. Yeah, um, and the Dreadlord is actually four wounds to drop him in his first bracket, I believe. No, he's three, but it makes it easier. Like, if your opponent starts dropping you brackets and you're healing a wound, it means if they've only just managed to drop you, you're all of a sudden back up that bracket, which is cool. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Dreadlord on Black Dragon actually doesn't degrade that bad. I I remember being wounded and he was still really good. He always does D6 damage. That damage buried file never drops. It's just the wounding, which goes to like a four at worst, which can buff. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I guess I'm hearing um, they're all okay. Um, Yeah. Maybe some are better than others. uh, Some are a bit specific is probably the way. Yeah. And, and, and with the list that we're going to go to uh, in not too far away, after we go through artifact spells and the battalion, um, you've got two listings to kind of put this all into practice for us. You do have three artifacts plus the one in the realm. We'll actually get to that now, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unlike um, those fake artifacts that we were just talking about. Those. Yeah. So the artifacts in this are like, their artifacts are, are good, like really solid. I would put them probably more than really solid. Uh, getting access to the Incandescent Rageblade, you've probably only got the Dreadlord on Black Dragon. That's the Realm Artifact I'm talking about. Um, he's really the only option you're ever going to chuck it on. You would never chuck it on a Sorceress on Black Dragon. You're not wanting her in combat. Um, and your other combat heroes are Black Arc Fleet Masters. Um, maybe on a Cauldron of Blood, it could do all right because um, the Hag can buff her damage profile with her weapons. That's not a terrible option. But um, even on the Dreadlord, it's not the greatest artifact because he doesn't do a lot for... It's the dragon that does the work. So unless you're taking, like, the Lance variation, I don't think it's worth it. On the Sorceress, it might just be a nice little defensive situation that if yeah. she finds herself in combat, she's got a little bit better chance. Because one of the one of my biggest gripes with the with the Sorceress on Black Dragon is that she's a five-up armor save. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it pains me that a... Black Dragon has a five-up armor save. That yeah. that's I don't know what if that's a uh, a dragon that is just woken up a little bit of sleep in its eye and it's not feeling a hundred percent. But to me, that's always felt a little bit weird. Uh, that yeah. should have gone up a little bit. But you've got life takers, so in your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy unit within thirty-six. That's very generous. Um, that's visible to them. Roll a dice on a three to five. That unit takes a mortal wound. On a roll of a six, it takes D three mortal wounds. That's actually pretty good, like 36 inches. Yeah, Yeah, um, this would be probably terrible if it was a short range, but at 36, it makes it okay. Like, it's probably the worst out of the three artifacts here, but at 36 inch, like, being able to snipe some stuff off, it means 
late game as well, that can be really effective if your opponent's trying to run away from you. Um, being able to put that last wound on, say, a Stonehorn that's uh, playing my mate's Ogres a whole bunch of time, he'll run off objectives and claim objectives with a one-wound Stonehorn that counts as 10 models late game. Um, being able to like throw some model wounds at those monsters that are retreating and counting as more, even gargants and stuff like that that have got a couple of wounds left um, that are retreating out to claim objectives because they've got lots of control potential is cool. Um, it has potential to be useful, if not situational. And, and I, I was thinking just of the sorceress, right? The sorceress on Black Dragon, you know, we've obviously got the incandescent rage blade that might be useful, but if I can keep her out of combat and she's doing magic on the side as well as she's got life taken, you know, and, you know, she might be doing arcane bolt. She could be doing, you know, various different yeah. spells. Um, yeah. That 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 potentially one to D3 mortal wounds could be the difference between taking down that five wound character and or maybe even degrading a profile, behemoth profile, uh, to make it a move a little bit less, to do a little bit less damage. Yeah. So um, What's cool about that, as you mentioned too, the sorceress, um, she always does D3 mortal wounds because you've got a better spell that uh, Word of Pain always is D3. You would never use Arcane Bolt with her um, because she can do D3 instead. I was more thinking if you took the double cast, if you gave her the plus uh, one yeah, cast. Uh, if, you had the yeah, yeah. if you gave her the plus yeah. one spell and you then did Word of Pain and Arcane Bolt, that could be a lot of damage then as well as Life Taker. So. Yeah. You could be snapping those five wound characters like that. Yeah. Um, so that's just requiring one lucky roll on one of those dices to be a five, six on the uh, word of pain, a 10 plus to cast, or a six and getting a couple of uh, two mortal wounds and it's a five wound hero dead. That's not too bad, actually. Hadn't yeah. thought of that one. <laughs> it's just, it's just, and I think this is yeah. where this discussion is going to be season to taste. If you love your, your dreadlords and you want to build around, uh, you know, a whole bunch of. Um, uh, Drakespawn knights, and you want to have like 20 or 50 Drakespawn knights. Cool, this is how we're thinking about the rules. But if you want to put down, you know, your, your executioners, your bleak swords, you know, your, your various dark elves or witch elves, um, take what we discuss and, 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 and make it, I guess, most suitable to you. But you got a couple of other artifacts you've got the trader banner, which subtract one from the hit rolls for attacks made by missile weapons that target a friendly unit wholly within 12 of the bearer. Uh, and before Luke responds and tells us what he thinks about that, we've also got the Null Stone Vizard, which if the bearer is on the battlefield at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice on a 5+, plus, you get a command point. Um, Both of them are awesome. They're the two I would be taking all the time. That Trader's Banner really helps because you're still getting lookout, sir, but the fact that you've lost your um, Loyal Bodyguards rule or Loyal Shields rule with the uh, Honored Retinues this can give you some of that defensive buff and really make your characters hard to pick out. And it even works because remembering that the chariots from Daughters of Cain are also negative one to hit because they're not monsters. So you can potentially get Cauldrons of Blood and Bloodrack Shrines at minus two to hit, which is really nice. Because um, no one wants to get in combat with that or the Avatar will smack them. Um, the, the Traitorous Banner for me really speaks to the current meta. If I think yeah. about what's at the top tables right now, you know, all the things are going to stop you from being in the top tables. Uh, Salamanders shooting you uh, from Seraphon. Carriage and Overlords, literally everything shoots you. Uh, your, your counterparts in Cities of Sigma, probably with the Iron Drakes and um, the Soul Screen Bridge. 
Um, we're seeing Stormcast shooting, although uh, Broken Realms might change that a little bit. We are seeing a lot of shooting, so being able to subtract one to the hit rolls for shooting, um, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. I mean, it is a ho wholly within 12, so you might want to start thinking about maybe something with a large base to, to make the yeah. most of that 12. But um, last one to hit's not bad as you're advancing your force. Yeah, um, and it can ju like even just having it in range of that one unit that you need protected to be that hammer. Um, to make sure it doesn't get softened up by your opponent's shooting is important. Is there um, any models in particular that you'd want to protect with your um, minus one to hitch in from a shooting bubble? Um, well, obviously the characters, because uh, you're going to want your priest in that bubble, either carrying the artifact or being in the bubble of the artifact, because those priests are really important. Um, and I believe it's Little Marathi as well. She's naturally minus one to hit as well, is she not? So you can potentially get her to minus three yeah, with this. Yeah. I think she's minus one to hit. So she'll be minus three with shooting if she's within three inch of a unit as well. And that uh, might be actually another call out as well. Because your daughters of Cain are not allies, it does mean that you can exceed your traditional ally pool of 400 points at match, you know, in a, in a 2K yeah. game. So it means you can bring Marathi, both big yeah. and little Marathi. Um, so you, you still need to adhere to one in four, and Marathi is two drops. So you'd have to be at minimum an eight drop list. But you can bring Marathi. You can bring something that exceeds 400 points, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, um, Duck Literary has got a good shout out that this can go on like an assassin as well. So you can drop it on the table where you need, or you, yeah. Um, so you can drop him out of combat where you need and something that you need not being shot off if you're trying to tie someone up is another great tactic to try and use it for. Um, That's great. Because uh, all of a sudden, the unit and him. And if you need the extra CP, the five up uh, is is all right. So it means yeah. you probably get one, maybe two during the course of the game, just using Maths Hammer. But uh, that those two extra command points could be the difference between a, um, a reroll charge. It could be the you know uh, if you were able to get you know incitement to murder on you know a block of witch elves, getting them the extra attack, and then you rerolling ones to hit, uh, as well as some other buffs that could be very 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 dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then the spell law. Yes, and you got a generous six. I keep saying generous because most cities of Sigma, other than Hallow Heart, only get three spells. You get six. You've got Zap Strength, the Withering, Voltrilic Spray, uh, Steed of Shadows, Pits of Shade, Shadow Daggers. Some of these are familiar, Luke. Some of these yeah, are. So all of them are. All of them are. To, well, depending on what you've played. So three are the Anvil Guard spells are all there. And the other three are actually from Daughters of Cain. Um, so Sap Strength, Vitriolic Spray, and Shadow Daggers are all the Anvil Guard spells, and Withering, Steed of Shadows, and Pit of Shades are all from the Daughters of Cain book. Um, there's some really good spells, and a lot of like utility amongst these spells as well. Um, Vitriolic Spray, people will know well enough by now. It's a lot harder to get off in Harkuron because you don't have the unlimited spell portal like you do in, say, Anvil Guard. You also, don't have, is, you also don't get your gyrocopter, which is a nice little combination that you run. Yeah. You see in Anvil Guard. Yeah. Um, however, there's tricks you can do of like playing as a beta strike list, where you can make sure you get your vitriolic spray, allowing your opponent to break on your lines. Having say a shooting unit or a unit three inch out, and your sorcerer sort of tucked in there, um, that allows you to play very beta strike sort of forces that get off vitriolic spray and effectively can destroy whatever comes in and destroys your screens. 
um, is really nice for Vitriox Race. Steed of Shadows is great as well. Um, allows you to get characters around the battlefield. Um, it also 16 is inch. 16 it's inch even good on the dragons and fly. Um, because it actually ups the dragons move because they're only movement 14, so that extra two yeah. inch can be important at times as well, especially when um, you're wounded. If, if you know your dreadlord is wounded, yeah, uh, being able to bring that up to 16 and uh, being able to reposition can be great. Um, we'll talk about something I like to use later a lot more, but little Marathi with this is nice as well, being able to use her because obviously. Both versions of her can only take three wounds. You can swing her around the table, and this allows her to do effectively what the Shadow Queen does, and Marathi Kane can now go tie up units and not be taking wounds, and you can sort of double-team tie up your opponent's army. Do you like all six? Do you think that three or two of them are stronger than others? Um, um, for me, Sap Strength is cool, a good spell, but it's not as useful, mainly because you've already got a minus one to hit spell that does D3 mortal wounds in addition on the Sorcerer's Raw Scroll. Withering, once again, you've got access to that somewhere else. The uh, Bloodrack Shrine has the Withering as its base spell, um, as does the Bloodrack Medusa, so you've got access to that otherwhere. Pit of Shades is cool, but a lot of people are playing high movement armies at the moment, so it's not really that effective in the current meta. Like, if you play Eels with that, you're never going to do a wound. Um, but against if you draw like fire slayers or even ko is not bad against that because bar their ships they actually are really slow um, and shadow daggers is decent d6 mortal wounds at nine inch okay it's only nine inch but if they get too close and they get in range it means you're not allowing certain things in range of your wizards because they can't take the test that a sorceress is going to cast a seven nine times out of ten when she gets plus two because it's a five to her with a plus two to cast yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of these spells. Like, I, yeah. all, all six of them, they have use. But unless you have six casters in your army, you're probably going to pick a couple of them. And I probably agree with you with Vitrilic uh, Spray, uh, Steed of Shadows. Uh, there's a couple of utility pieces here and there. You know, season to yeah. taste if you want to, you know, whatever it might be. But um, actually, you know what? Zaps, even Sap Strength, you know, because it's minus one to hit, uh, it's not just it. shoot. Yeah, so like with the banner, it's only it's it's only uh, minus one to hit in shooting, but this is minus one to hit generally. So it could be a nice little stack with the minus one to shooting, and making you uh, minus one to hit in combat as well. Yeah, um, it can it can also stack like the other thing would be like trying to stack it. You can stack that on top of word of pain on top of the trader banner, which can be minus three. So you've got a minus three potential in the army. Is this uh, is this, like, is this team or glue packets? Yeah, um, and we'll add in all the things with Little Marathi. She'd be like minus five, I think, max as you can get. So she's impossible to hit. Six, wow, well, six is always hit. Like, yeah, but like, well, six is always hit. But then, uh, yeah, so it's not worth trying to throw my. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, there's some good spells in there. Again, choose mm. what suits your army best. Um, but I was really happy to see that all six of them have use. The other thing you're going to get, and we will talk about the lists right after this, is you do get a battalion. And um, the battalion, to me, felt very thematic. Uh, unlike the other Cities of Sigmar battalions, I thought it was quite generous. It doesn't ask you to actually take a lot. All you need to do is take a named sorceress on Black Dragon. So uh, she doesn't have a unique War Scroll, probably the biggest missed opportunity, in my opinion, to have a separate War Scroll for her. But Drusa... Uh, is a named sorceress on Black Dragon. You also take a, a unit of Dread Spears and a unit of Dark Shards. Um, the 
everything from the army must either be Anvil Guard or Harkuron. So it probably means that we can bring this battalion into Anvil Guard as well. Yep. Because uh, effectively, she's Drusa creates the narrative of her. She's like Marathi's eyes. She's the the one pulling all the strings in Anvilgard. She's Marathi's eyes and ears in Anvilgard. So she's there before the fall of it, and she's there as it's Harkuron as well. So if you um, if, if you like the rules and you're like, I want to bring this into Anvilgard. Good news, this battalion is an extra Anvilgard battalion. Yeah, but we're here to, we're here to talk Harkuron. Yeah, um, it's cool. Like this, probably the biggest thing I like about this too. It's a little minor thing, but some people might notice it. The dread spears are the unit instead of um, bleak swords, which is cool because bleak swords have an ability where they get sixes to hit, do two wounds. But obviously, we've got the prayer for that, so it's nice to have the thing where dread spears actually get extra ren when they roll a six to hit. So we're getting both things now instead of just one with the dread spears which is cool to see them as the unit chosen instead of bleak swords where you just have a excessive rule where you're not getting anything extra by putting it on this unit. It felt a little bit excessive and, and a bit of a tax at times. Um, with this battalion, you're going to get two things. You get your ability and you get your command trait. Uh, the ability, the sub... Um, uh, the, sub Subjugated. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm squinting, looking at my screen. Uh, so, in your hero phase, if the sorceress from the battalion is on the battlefield, uh, you can declare that she'll compel her minion to attack savagely. If you do so until your next hero phase, add one to the attack characteristic of weapons used by the dread spears uh, and the dark shards uh, from the battalion, but you will subtract one from the save rolls uh, for attacks that target those units. So, so this is where your trader's banner can come in useful as well to try and protect the units that are using this. Um, so if you can position your trader's banner that you're taking to make that minus one armor save not as deadly. It's also worth noting that most of your combat units are actually on a four-up save anyway because they have shields. So um, dread spears are on a four-up save. So they only go to a five. It's the dark shards that it hurts more going from a five to a six. Five, yeah, uh, you beat me to it. I was just bringing up the war scroll. Yeah, so dark shards going to six let alone Ren coming into play, uh, yeah. that those Dark Shards will go, um, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll die to a freeze. However, they will have three attacks each, so a full unit of 40 will have 120 shots. They'll be hitting on threes, and if you've got the Withering, which is a spell that's minus one to wound, from whatever source you get that from, you could be threes and threes uh, with 120 shots. It's going to roughly do, I think I worked out, it can potentially do like 57 damage if you've got the command ability for reroll ones off. Yeah, I, I was about, I was about to call it out that it doesn't specifically say that it's a um, um, a combat um, you know only for combat weapons. So your dark shards with your your repeater crossbows, especially when you've got ten or more models in that unit, um, are just going to put out a sheer crazy amount of damage. Yeah, and as mentioned before, they can take the prayer as well. So sixes will start rocking. It can it can do a lot of damage. It won't have rent to that damage, but anything that's trying to roll fifty seven dice to save it is going to lose a lot of models. I was going to say the, the, the no rend is a little bit of a killer, but you are playing weight of dice, just trying to get the maximum out of them. Uh, but that's also where your uh, is it vitriolic spray comes into play. And, yep. um, and that, then all of a sudden that, that's 57 wounds. That's anything in the game gone if that comes out. Yeah, vitriolic spray that that. is brutal when you've got something with high velocity attacks, which is where the gyrocopter used to come into play. Um, yeah. So your dark shot kind of place that, but at a much further range because your gyros had to be not necessarily. 
Um, so Dark Shards have a 16-inch range, and the Sorceress has a command ability that gives them run and shoot. You know, what uh, I'm saying, though, is the gyro, yeah, you oh, have to be a lot yeah. closer. Oh, oh sorry, yeah, the gyro does. Yeah, so um, yeah, so the Sorceress has, well, they've got 16-inch range on their shooting. They move six. They get plus one to run uh, innately. So plus you could use command ability, so they can be seven plus 16. So what's that, 23 plus their base six, so 29-inch threat range with that unit. And uh, as as uh, nine inch Dan mentions as well, you know, putting the prayer on to give the exploding hits on the dark shards. Just goodbye unit. And finally, yeah. you do get your command trait. So the whispers um, at the start of the first hero phase in the first battle round, you receive one extra command point. So you get your one command point for taking battalion, and you get plus one just in the first turn. Yeah, I don't think this is as terrible as a lot of people think. Yeah, okay, we've got the artifact, the nullstone vizard. It gives you the chance to roll on a five up, this ensures that you've got a double command point. Um, so it's playing it safe for the potential to not have any extra, but you're guaranteeing you're going to have two in your first turn. Yeah, extra. and if you buy yourself, buy yourself a command point, you've got three to start four. it off. And four if you take the turn as well. So you've got yeah, your course, buy one, buy one battalion uh, plus this. And so, yeah, this plays safer. It gives you four set, but you don't have the swinginess of the artifact. They're both they're both good in different ways. I don't think either one's worse than the other. This is really a Gits army. Gits, I remember having like 12 unspent command points at the end of the game. I can't um, remember how many you had when we played. <laughs> industrial amounts, and that, that was only right, right at the start. Um, the Sorceress on Black Dragon, by the way, so it's the same points, guys. Uh, it's the same war scroll that you're used to. It's just that it's a named character, so you can't give it uh, an artifact. So... Uh, just bear that in mind. Um, otherwise, everything's just as you know it uh, in, in your, your Seas of Sigma book. Yeah. Um, it, and it doesn't state what loadout you can. The Sorceress on Black Dragon can have a few different weapon loadouts. It doesn't lock you into a loadout, which is cool. Yeah, that is very cool. That is very cool. And they could um, have lo locked you into a particular build. But speaking of builds, we have two lists to talk about, Luke. So I've just timestamped this so we can, uh, and I'll put the lists, by the way, in the episode uh, very soon, probably after we record. But you've got two lists. You've got one we're going to focus on in the battalion. And as of recording, guys, um, we are pre-FAQ. We are pre-winter FAQ, so points may get adjusted Rules may change, although I'm quite confident that none of these rule changes are going to come into play for Harkuron. I think um, I, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty safe with it. Um, I would I would say that nearly every both the lists I've written are probably pretty safe from an FAQ. I would think. Um, yeah, and it's, it's also worth noting that at the moment War Scroll Builder um, is not updated, so um, we've had to like manually put this in. So if you are going to a tournament, you are lucky to go to a tournament as of recording. Uh, you may need to use a zero or find another system. But Luke, let's talk. Let's go through this first list. I'll read it out, and then I'd love to hear your logic and, and rationale and why these units are on the table and what are they bringing. So this is the Traitor Pirates list. No surprise that Luke Stone is bringing a pirate list. He is coming from the Seas of Sigma. He is Harkuron, and he is coming from Marumba Akshi. He has to come from Akshi. What is he bringing to the table? We have the Black Ark Fleetmaster, who is the general, coming in with the Traitorous Banner and the Murderous Zeal, all coming from Harkuron. We've got the Sorceress on Black Dragon with uh, Viltrilic Spray. We have a Sorceress on foot with the Nullstone Vizard and the same spell. 
so we've got two of this this uh, Vitrilex spray. We've also got, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. This is the Underworld's Warband. Uh, more is it Morgrave the the bloodied? Yeah, Morgrave the bloodied. Morgrave um, the bloodied. So we don't, we don't see a lot of warbands coming into into um, Sigma, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate. But you've obviously brought it in to the the list. You've also got yourself 30 Black Arc Corsairs, 10 Black Arc Corsairs, 30 Dark Shards, 10 Dread Spears, 3 Scourge Runner Chariots, uh, 30 Witch Elves with the Sacrificial Knives, the pair. Uh, we have the Blade Coven. We have the Kraith Shadow Host, which is the battalion that we have for Hakuron. Um, and we also have the Burning Head, another thing we don't see very often. Endless Spell, the Burning Head. Whew. Yeah, um, so this will come as no surprise. This is sort of me taking my Anvil Guard list that I've been running with lots of pirates that's sort of evolved from the Scourge Privateer list you would remember. Um, and this is sort of the next evolution of, cool, I've got some new Dark Elf rules. Let's evolve it into Hakuron now. So this is just me evolving my collection, adding a few more pieces, um, stealing some of the wife's models because uh, she's got a Daughters of Cain army. <laughs> um, and yeah, sort of just going from there. So let's let's maybe start to because I imagine some people looking at this list probably think that you are crazy. Um, why of all choices is the Black Art Fleet Master your general? You know, being such a low wound character, what is the Fleet Master bringing to the table? How's this combination coming in, into play? And then we'll obviously talk about you know the rest of the characters. Um, so for me, he unlocks the most battle line in what I'm going to take for the army. There's a lot of scenarios around that require you having battle line as options. Um, and he makes the most things battle line. He also makes the chariots battle line, which are incredibly fast with a 12-inch move, meaning I've got a very fast-moving unit as battle line uh, to go take objectives. Not just that, I love pirates. So, um, sure. But there are other reasoning behind it. Um, the chariots are fantastic at screening out objectives. They are on huge, huge bases that can completely zone out a 6-inch objective marker, uh, meaning your opponent's going to have to go around them or destroy them. And 18 wounds on a 5-up save, it doesn't sound great but your opponent has to put something sufficient into them to actually remove them off the table you can't just throw like a chaff screen or a, a throwaway unit at them you're going to have to actually put something hard into them because they're at a point where there's enough wounds i like it and you know I, i've always been a big fan of the ravenger harpoon on the scourge runner chariot uh it's, it's always got me over the line compared to the drake spawn chariot um even though that it's gone up to the same points level scourge runner used to be cheaper now it's the same points being able to do two attacks each hitting on threes wounding on threes rend one for d3 damage and when you take a unit of three you get access to the leader which is the high beast master that adds plus one to the hit roll so one of your chariots is hitting on twos wounding on threes when rend one for d3 damage uh 18 inch range so uh, and then obviously on top of that, if you hit if you hit with a six um, on the the harpoon, it does D three mortal wounds. So um, yeah, great character and sniper, great great thing to harass the you know anything behind the lines or chip down the behemoth. Luke, what you can say? Uh, and there's also twelve crossbow shots coming out of them. They've still got four shots with crossbows, so it's even just that extra wound you're likely to get through on a crossbow can mean there's something between being bracketed and dead. Yeah, yeah, the nice little chip damage right at the end. Um, I, re I really like just the, f the high movement of 12 inches, the big base size plus the 18-inch. The um, so really you've got what's that 30-inch threat range just being able to move and shoot. So 
yeah. happy days. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that like going back to the fleet master, that's the reason I take him. He he gives me the access to the most uh, battle line. Having those chariots as battle line is a really cool thing because it means they can be quite a big nuisance for your opponent. I think it um which scenario is it is it better part of valor or the other destroy objective ones that requires battle line to be on the objective. Um I think it is the other one. But either way there's one battle plan there's a couple of battle plans where um battle line is important. It makes things good for you to have lots of battle line nowadays. The the Black Art Fleet Master is a good little character, you know, five wounds, four up armor save, has a nice little command ability. It uh, you know, yeah. it gets an extra save against missile weapons. Uh obviously unlocks your um uh your 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 battle line options, especially with the Scourge Runner chariots. Is that the only thing that's doing, or should we move on to maybe one of your other characters? Yeah, that's really all he's doing. His artifacts. Um probably the thing that to note is that I've given him uh, the command trait murderer zeal, so he's going to be another priest that can do the prayer. Um, so we've already got a priest, so Morgrath the Bloodied later can do the prayer as well, but this just gives us the potential to have it on two different units. In this army, I've got a lot more units um, that are going to be wanting that prayer, so being able to have the two characters at different parts of the battlefield supporting different units, I can use the prayer where I need it. Yeah, having redundancy, I remember learning that lesson when I played Legions of Nagash and just, you know, instead of having multiple different spells, just having the same spells, you know, Fading Vigor, you know, wherever I needed it on the battlefield, just having it where I needed it at the time was just invaluable. So, you know, people looking yeah. at this going, well, why would I do that if it's just redundancy? Either losing a model and not having access to that spell or being able to choose the best place on the table is invaluable. So I like that you've doubled up on that spell. Yeah, yeah, redundancy is incredibly important. I can't say this enough for any army that you're doing. Um, even in my other cities of Sigma armies, I've started taking like two light wizards now to make sure fast protection is where I want it on the table um, and just things like that. It, it's an incredibly important thing to have redundancy. You don't want your plan to hinge on something or to not have access just because you're three inches too short. Yeah. Talk to me about the Sorceress on Black Dragon because this is a model that I've always wanted to take, but I, I can't justify it. It kills me that um, it is better than the Free Guild Battle Mage on Griffin. I'll give it that. Um, it's definitely a much better better spellcaster. But talk to me. It's got a 5-up armor save. It's got 14 wounds, so it's quite durable. It's decent in combat, although I don't really want it in combat. Like It's, it's kind of medium. It's not Dreadlord level but it can, it can fight itself out of combat. It's got some nice little units. Obviously, it can fly. It's got a, a two good command abilities. It's got a, the, the Blade Wind spell. You've got the Noxious Breath. you get the Blood Sacrifice abilities. What's this bringing to the table? Uh, so for me, this is going to be Drusa Kraith in this army. It is probably the only time I would ever take one. They, as you mentioned, they're not particularly great. Um I want to run the new battalion. I've got the new toys. I want to play that battalion. And so I've tried to make it work as best I can. Um, it does have uses, though. It is normally your wizards, especially now you've lost access to faster moving ones like the Hurricaneum and stuff. Um, this does give you a faster wizard. Um, and she's got a big base. She also has the same command ability we were talking about before uh, that the sorceress is able to give run and charge or run and shoot to Dark and Coven units. Um, command underling. Yep, the command underling. Uh, sorry, no, she yeah, she has command underlings, and then she's also got inspire hatred as well, which is reroll wound rolls of one, which the sorceress on foot I don't think has. I don't think uh, I, I don't recall. Pretty, this, pretty sure. 
But anyway, just as, they're just kind of why having four command points up your sleeve in turn one can be quite powerful because you've got your run and you run and shoot. Uh, you can still charge, and you've still got other things to you know reroll ones to hit. So you, you you've got a and then if you need to, you can kind of stabby stabby and uh, yeah. make things battle shock within eighteen. Yeah, she's still got the and she's still got the bloody blood sacrifice to plus two to cast as well. Um, and then Noxious Breath is a decent rule to have as well. It's not going to do a lot, but on like if you've got a big blob there, it's going to do a couple of excess mortal wounds. Um, and generally the units she's going to be using Noxious Breath on, she can probably go into combat a lot safer with. Yeah, Noxious uh, Breath being six inches, though, kills me. Um, yeah. Uh, um, once again, you'd play like very baitery, have her behind your front line of a screen, place her just inside of three so she can get in combat as well, but able to use noxious breath safely yeah you, she, she's she's not a dreadlord on black dragon so you're not charging her up the front uh she is no vamp you know, she's no vampire lord on zombie dragon um yeah. but she'll hold her own you know great on the flanks being a harasser uh maybe worth making her a double caster if you if you go down that command trait route um yeah. the fact that you know get, being able to to run and charge or run and shoot um, can be quite powerful with the Darkling Coven keyword. So mm-hmm. bear that in mind. It's not all Serpentus. It's not going to be the other parts. It's just Darkling Coven. Yeah, so that is probably something to mention as well, that the army is still very keyword bingo. Um, like your normal cities, even though it's all Dark Elves all together, they still, the Blackout Fleet Master still only works on Scourge Privateers. The Sorceress still only works on Darkling Covens. The Dreadlord still only works on Order Serpentus, etc. As you said, being able to run and shoot with um, what's the dark shards? The dark shards, yep, dark shards. And then if you use ritual spray and kind of reduce that armor save to nothing, uh, being able to like just bring yourself up to the front of the table, just absolutely raining, raining, blocking out the sun um, with no armor save as well, can be absolutely brutal. So yeah. I like it. Yeah, she allows the she allows you to get vitriolic spray where you need it as well. Um, a lot more maneuverability to get that spell where you want it. And if you and if you really want to make sure that you've got that spell, um, you know, you might pay for uh Umbral Spell Portal to kind of put it through. That's a very very Cities of Sigma thing, but in the world of Lords of Change, Lord Croak, um, Teclas, um, that's becoming harder and harder to cast. So being able to naturally get the movement just from your your dreadlord, that actually might uh also not your dreadlord, your sorceress, uh, yeah. that actually might work a lot better or at least more consistent. Yeah, um, it, yeah, she does options for you, and she she's certainly not worthless when you're taking her as Drusa Kraith, I think, um, because once again, she's giving a lot into that battalion to those units around her. And obviously that decision is driven by the battalion as well, so you've got to take her. You've also got yourself a sorceress, so uh, anyone who plays Dark Elves is probably very familiar. People take a single sorceress, sometimes a double sorceress. You do get Command Underlings, so that also does allow you to do the run and shoot or run and charge. Uh, Word of Pain is just an awesome spell. Um, and, you know, one of my, my most favourite narrative rules is the Stabby Stabby. So uh, you pick one friendly Dark Gling Coven unit within three inches, you slay it, and she gets plus two to her casting roll. Um, oh, just talking to Jerome and the thing, you can't use the uh, Thrall World Host Battalion that's Dark and Covens because it has Dark and Covens keyword, not the Cities of Sigma keyword. Um, all those battalions that are rolled, you can't take inside these cities because it's Cities of Sigma. Uh, so just, just 
Yeah, it's just the question that came up from the chat was uh, if we if we would take the um, the Thrall Warhost Battalion, um, and so the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the Sorceress on foot. Once again, she's just a good wizard. Um, I would probably prefer if I could give an artifact to Drusa Crave. I'd probably give Drusa the Nullstone Vizard, but I can't because she's a named character. Um, so the Nullstone Vizard instead goes on the Sorceress. Um, does some cool extra command points. Uh, we had this discussion before on like where do you go? Um, because I've chosen to make the Fleet Master my general. Obviously, I'm not getting Drusa Crave's guaranteed command points. So I'm going the Nullstone Vizard route instead. That's more so based on my choices with the Fleet Master rather than any of that. Um, vitriolic spray again, as we mentioned, redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. Um, that's all it's for. And Word of Pain is just a fantastic spell. Um, probably one of the best War Scroll spells in the game. At least in Cities of Sigma. Yeah. Um, at minimum. Um, it's a great, it's a great little spell. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the Underworld's Warband because the chat generally seems impressed that you've taken an Underworld's Warband. So we know things like the Untamed Beast from Warcry is quite good. There's a couple of situations in general where you take an Underworld's Warband, but in most cases you don't see them brought in. I personally bought this unit just to get a, an alternative uh, Hag Queen and some alternative sculpts. But what what is the 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 Morgraith, the bloodied, bringing to the table? So obviously she's a Daughter of Cain Priest, so she's getting all the benefits that a normal Hag or Slaughter Queen would get, um, obviously being able to do the prayer and all that. Um, however, her bodyguard unit has to be bought with her, which obviously comes in at zero points. We'll see them down on the list lower below. But when they're near her, they actually take wounds for her. So she all of a sudden goes from five wounds to, I think it's nine or ten wounds when they're near her. They have effectively the loyal shields rule on them uh, where they take a four up. So in the current meta where shooting is just taking five and magic is just taking five wound characters off the table, Morgraith is just better than a normal hag queen every day of the week. For 50 points more, I'm getting 50% more survivability out of her. So you're just guaranteeing that she's around longer because of the extra yeah. wounds. Yeah, she's all of a sudden not being taken off turn one um, and potentially not even turn two. They're going to have to focus on her for two turns with their magic. At that point, if you're doing that, cool. If you're focusing on her... Yeah. It's wounds not yeah. going into your sword. It's wounds not going into your black dragon. Yeah, uh, thank you. Ten wounds, apparently, according to chat. Thanks, um, but, yeah, that that's literally the thing with her is... I would prefer if I could have got a hag in there, a hag queen on cauldron. Um, I just couldn't fit it points-wise. Um, might play around with that a little bit later, but if, if you can't take, I couldn't take the cauldron, that was the next choice. Again, seasoned for taste. If you want to bring a cauldron, if you want to uh, bring something else, you know, um, you don't want to take burning head, you want to take quicksilver swords, do what you want to do. Um, but we're kind of hearing how Luke's putting these rules together. You got yourself 30 Black Ark Corsairs. Now, people probably aren't very familiar with the pirate life when it comes to Corsairs. So sell me, sell, sell, don't just sell me, you, sh you shot my squigs off the board, but sell the folks why you would take Corsairs and what they're bringing to the table that maybe a Dark Shard wouldn't be bringing. Um, so for me, the thing they can do with Dark Shards is I don't think there's really a difference. They are an awfully lot cheaper. Um, being 80 points um, instead of 100. So that really does start to compound. And especially not necessarily now, because if I had to take 30 blocks in this particular list, when you start 40, they do get a horde discount as well. And they get really, really cheap compared to those dark shards. 
Um, the potential is they have some combat potential. They're a little bit more survivable against shooting um, with the cloaks as well. And they also get plus, they've got uh, the plus one to hit just like the uh, dark shards as well when they're uh, 15 or more. 15 or more, not 10 or more though, um, like the dark shards. So they have points is probably the biggest thing and I like pirates. Um, they're, they're two big things. Yeah, and so, I mean, I mean, you just wanted another extra unit of dark shards. You just have to find the extra sixty points, or drop this unit yeah. to twenty. Um, do what you want to do, but um, it's a little bit cheaper. Could be a cheaper screen. Um, yeah, cool. And probably the other thing, okay, their weapon is the four and five weapon. So you get two combat weapon profiles when you choose the combat variations. The worst weapon is what you get when you take the handbows. So the weapon is a four to hit, five to wound. Um, but with the Fleet Master, he can add an extra attack silver than the two attacks, fours to hit, fives to wound. It's not great, but they have the potential to flip into a somewhat competent combat role if need be, just from weight of attacks. Yeah, cool. Um, next one is we've got the Dark Shards. We kind of already talked about the Dark Shards. Yeah, and so we've gone through all the sort of combination on how we power up those dark shards to make that unit just take stuff off the table. They are probably the one that's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting in the army. If you can get all the buffs and get vitriolic spray and all of that um, stuff, then yes. And also I have 12 units in the army um, for three dock units. Yeah. Although technically we've got, f yeah, you've got three, three. dock units. But you're, you're 12 drops. No, you're yep. 11 drops. Am I 11? Uh, I might have got it wrong. You might need to find yourself another unit. Um, uh, just... Then we'd, just, we'd drop 10 witch elves out. Uh, whoopsie. Uh, like, we just dropped okay, it. Yeah. And this is kind of like just, just you know, being yeah. mindful. It doesn't change a lot of the context. So good shout out. If we do need to have one in every four as uh, – one yeah. in every four can be dropped. So if you want three units, uh, because the Morgrath, the Bloody, is counting as two drops, both her and then the Blade Coven, that's two different drops. That's something to just be mindful of. Yeah. But it doesn't really what yeah. you're trying to do here. Um, I, I wouldn't yeah, worry about it too much. Yeah. Anyway, um, little website on my part. Uh, we're, all learning. Just, we're, we're all learning. Yeah. It's just something... I, I think it's the Underworld Warband being a, being a two yeah. drops. Despite paying 140 points, it is two drops, uh, yeah. which is probably another le lesson as well with Marathi. Marathi, you've got to take both big and small Marathi together, but they count as two drops. So yeah. um, it does mean that, you know, um, if you're trying to bring in other Daughters of Cain, you're going to have to be at like a, a 12 drops or even 16 drops. Uh, again, one in every four. Yeah. So you've got your 30 Dark Shards, and they're doing a bunch of yep. shooting. We already know about the sheer output through the buffs. We know through um, Vitrolic Spray you're going to be able to then take down your opponents by reducing their armor save to, to, to nothing. Um, they're able to run and shoot through through the command ability from the Sorceress or the Sorceress on Black Dragon. Any other role that the, the Dark Shards are playing? Uh, not really. Um, like... The ability to run and charge is nice late game. If those 30 models are still together, they can run and charge onto an objective late game, uh, which is cool because all of a sudden it's 30 bodies. Your opponent, if they've only got like a little unit tagging, you can run and charge up the table, claim some uh, backline objectives. 
with some decent movement because they're going to be 13 inch move on a basic run um, if you use the command point as well and then we've got the 10 dread spears they're just there to be that's your sacrifice <laughs> that, that's, that's your plus two to the sorceress on foot's sacrifice for the spell yeah yeah um it's a, it's a pretty staple regardless if you do anvil guard or you know I yeah. see this in I see this in Hallow Heart. People take that little combination of the sorceress and the uh, the dread spears. So um, it's nice to get that guaranteed cast. I know, um, especially like in Hallow Heart, I know people combine like the Hurricanum and the Battle Mage to get your pluses by being naturally getting a little bit of a screen. You know, minus one to hit because you're going to be lookout sir plus the plus two to cast just makes life a whole lot easier to get off those endless spells whether it's soul screen bridge whether it's going to be um uh, uh what's it called um soul screen bridge you know humble spell portal um the burning head um you got the chariots we talked about those big bases lots of shooting lots of movement 12 inches the um the hero that comes with it which is pretty sweet well the leader not the hero um the witch elves they're obviously combining quite well with the prayer the um the the murder prayer yeah um the witch elves yeah they're there to take the murder prayer from the hag um and also more grave will be running around with them because uh they'll be getting four attacks each base you generally pair of sacrificial knives i think is the better variation in hakuram because you're trying to get as many attacks obviously the mortal wound damage back from having the bucklers is decent but for me in Hakurum, we're really just trying to push that um, those attacks okay. up to really get the most attacks we can to make sure no rend is not an issue when we're dropping fifty-seven wound rolls on someone. Yeah, it's yeah. All about Cain, actually, you're probably taking the shields. Uh, they're probably a little bit more popular right now, but I can see the sacrificial knives with the stacking of the prayer um, making that a really killer unit. Yeah. Um, this this list is not overly defensive. It's all about trying to go forward and trying to kill stuff. Um, What's the quote? The best defense is offense. Yeah, best defense is a good offense. Or um, as I said in the um, the, uh, the Daughters of Cain Snake list show with Chuck Moore, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Yeah, man. Um, and then the Blade Coven, we've talked about why they're there. Um, yeah. That they're there. And so it's, it's easy been- enough to... Yeah. Burning head. That, that's one that people probably are like scratching their head. Maybe they probably haven't even painted the model. I bet you, bet you half the people listening to this show have not painted their burning head or they think it's an STD. What is this? Uh, so burning head for me, I was looking around at endless spells that I think can do the job. You've got obviously Quicksilver Swords as a mortal wound output, but you're light on command points with this army. So... And like even like considering what we want to be doing, we want to be using uh, the Black Art Fleet Master's Command ability. We want to be giving stuff out. What the Burning Head does, it also gives out Rubro ones to hit to units nearby, and you can do that without being in range to take the damage because it's a nine-inch aura around it for the buff, but it's only a one-inch range for the damage. So you can cast this either just behind or just in front of your troops. It also only has, I believe, an eight-inch range. So if you're no, a six-inch move or something like that. Um, so your opponent's going to have to move it directly towards your stuff, which means you can block it off potentially. Um, and it's only D3 wounds at worst. Anyway, so for me, it's meaning I'm not having to spend a command point. 
yeah, just just be mindful that it is wholly within nine. So yeah. uh, to get the re-roll ones, it has to be wholly. So just keep an eye out for your your big block of witch elves, your big block of um of uh what's it called? Dread uh dark shards. Um just being mindful of that nine inch. I again I used to use it with my squigs. I swear this is this is cities of Sigma squigs. Um yeah. Um, with twenty five mil bases, you'll find you fit easy enough. As long as you don't string things out like across the table, you should be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um. Uh, so this list is coming in at 2,000 points on the nose. Got 161 wounds, which is massive. Yes, we have acknowledged that uh, we haven't quite met the the one in four, uh, but uh, this is super quick to change, man. You could you could drop a little Take bit of horse bars. You could, you know, get yourself uh, an extra chariot. Um, like there's so many things you could do here to get under. Um yeah. yeah, you could just take 20 and 10 for the Witch Elves and that's done. Oh, no, you yeah. can't. That's the one no, you can't that's split. Opposite. That's the opposite, Luke. We've got to drop yeah. the, the Blackout um, Corsairs down. Yeah, you can drop one of the Blackout Corsairs down. Um, 20, 10, 10, done. Um, move along. Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess. I had other, that to begin with anyway. <laughs> any other comments um, that you'd make on this particular list or would you like to move into the next list? I think this is the list for me that I built trying to make the use of the most Tarka on. So there's two very different lists, the one we'll get onto in a sec. This is the one to me trying to build a list that's Dark Elves and lots of different Dark Elves in it. I've got Witch Elves, I've got some Dark and Goblins, I've got my Scourge Privateers in there. Um, it's trying to use as many different pieces. I do struggle to try and fit all five parts of Dark Elves in the same list. Um, I haven't really come together with a list that fits all five parts yet, but that's sort of what I want to play with Hucker, and I don't want to play armies that are one heavy focus of any particular part of Dark Elves. I want to get Dark Elves on the table as a mixed force again. I think the challenge is the way the keywords work. They really do synergize. So they're forcing you to go Darkling Covens. They are forcing you to order Serpentis. So if I was thinking about what you're talking about, Luke, I'm looking at power pairs or yeah. uh, power trios. So I've got like two or three units that are Darkling Covens. Got two or three units that are uh, scourge privateers. I've, I'm creating this little power pair, so you've got synergy, but it's not a holistic synergy. You're using um, Harkuron to kind of be an umbrella across everybody. Yeah, um, that's how I'd be looking at it if I was trying to bring in the five different varieties of dark elves. Yeah, and that that's pretty much what this list is all about. Just love trying it. to do that. I love it, and again, talk a season for taste. List two, list two, and, and and exactly on the nose. So you've got a Harkiron list. You've got um, you're from the realm of Akshi. Um, this is Harkiron Marathi. So um, probably surprise people that you have Marathi. Um, there is some commonality here, so there's probably not a lot of things we need to go over again. So I can see we've got the Black Ark Fleetmaster with a very similar combat, exactly the same combination of artifact and command trait. The Sorceress, again, same artifact, same command trait. We do have Marathi, both big and small Marathi. They must come together uh, at their repair. They are two drops, so keep that in mind for your one in fours. I've done you've this one correctly. You've done this one correctly? <laughs> there's, there's eight units as, uh, <laughs> in the army. <laughs> as my hero would say, great success. You've got 10 Black Art Corsairs, 10 Black Corsairs, uh, 10 Black Art Corsairs, 10 Black Art Corsairs. Don't say that three times really fast. 30 Dark Shards. But you've then gone three blocks of three Scourge Runner Chariots. That's nine Chariots in total. Are you sure this is not an Idolator list? Um, like, that's a lot of Chariots. 
Yeah. Um, so this army's got one plan and one plan only. It was to get Marathi into a list. Pause. You've also, yep. also got a command point and burning head. Now tell me about your plan. So for me, Cities of Sigma, like Daughters of Cain, what model is any person going to want out want to go out and buy to add to a Dark Elf army they already have, especially if they're pulling an old fantasy army? Medusa, the, the Medusa Iron Scale, right? People, that's, that's what they want to run. Nah. Um, people want Marathi. She's the big new centerpiece that you wouldn't have had if you pulled out that old Dark Elf collection. Um, so I wanted to try and get a list with her in and try and make it as effective as possible. Um, and I think this works okay. I've played a couple of games with this one so far. Um, Marathi is a beast. Uh, she Her war scroll is just crazy. If you've used Marathi in the past, um, she has changed a little bit. Um, she's still the Marathi you know and love. The big thing here that you need to know is, and, and Luke will share a little bit more about why he's taken Marathi, but in, in traditional Marathi, in the, in, in the days of old, uh, you'd start off with little Marathi and then she would transform into big Marathi. You'd only ever have one version of Marathi on the table. In new Marathi film, you get both. You get Caster Marathi and Monster Marathi. So Marathi Kane is the smaller little little uh, caster. She has some cool stuff. And then your combat beat stick is your Shadow Queen, Big Marathi. Uh, before we get into Marathi, Luke, is the Black Art Fleetmaster and the Sorceress playing a similar role? The Black Art Fleetmaster unlocking your Scourge Runner chariots as Battleline, got some nice little tricks, but ultimately uh, there to to unlock those those chariots. Yeah, for me. And the most important thing he does is he frees up points in this list a lot more. So he is the cheapest hero you have access to by far at 60 points. He also unlocks the cheapest battle line available in Harkuron at the Blackout Corsairs at 80 points as well. So the chariots becoming battle line is almost secondary in this. When I was originally putting the list together, it was the cheapest way to get a hero and battle line because I don't really need Marathi to be my general. Um, I want a command trade and artifact in there. No, and we'll, and we'll talk about why you just said we don't need Marathi as the general. Uh, and, and same deal, Sorceress is there uh, to... She's got no stabby units, though. There's no dark... There's, no... there's dark shards that she can stab if she wants, um, uh, but okay. she's there mostly to give them run and charge this time. Uh, or so run, yeah, run and shoot. Plus, plus two to cast. You're more looking at her to, to take, take advantage of the dark shards running and shooting. Yeah. Okay. That's her big thing in this. Marathi. Let's start with little Marathi. So, yep. So, little Marathi. She's got four wounds, bravery eight. Uh, so, sorry, so four up armor save, six wounds, move six, bravery eight. She does a whole bunch of things. She can uh, subtract one to the hit rolls that target her. Uh, she has uh, a nice little spell with a 36 inch range, the Black Horror of Ulgu. She has a nice little uh, worship through bloodshed command trait. And she also has the two, sorry, the one soul, two bodies rule. Yeah. So well, let's talk about that one soul, two bodies, because that's the most integral part of how to how I'm using Marathi in this list. Um, so the one soul, two bodies, effectively, when she went to try and become a god, it sort of it succeeded but didn't, um, and so she actually has two forms now. Um, her soul was rent in two. So no longer does she turn into a beast. The beast is now the Shadow Queen, and which is below, and its own war scroll alongside her. They're both one and the same person. Sort of, I guess, reminiscent of Arahana Nestria from Fantasy Days, the, the Sister of the Twilight. 
um, or any sort of characters where the two people and one soul there's superhero movies there's a whole bunch of people with that that sort of thing um, but what it does mean rules wise is that both those models in total can only take three points of damage and all those points of damage are always allocated towards the shadow queen so this means Big you Marath. can have Big Marathi. Big Marathi. Yeah. yeah shadow queen is the, the giant serpent angry marathi Big Marathi. Um, so what this means is you can have both those models around the table. While, yes, Marathi Kane is a lot more fragile and will take those wounds a lot easier, um, it does mean you can use her, especially if you use her smartly, around the table to get into combat, try up, tie up units you don't want moving, um, and get her up the battlefield to really pin your opponent's army in place alongside the Shadow Queen. And that is precisely why she has Steed of Shadows. Because Which now that, she can... F- that 16-inch move and fly. Yep. So now she's moving 16, has fly, because even though she has wings on her model, she doesn't fly. Um, they're just ornamentation. But, um, yeah, and that, so that's the big thing of using them. What's great about Marathi Kane is she's the amazing spellcaster. She's what you remember, what was good about little Marathi, but probably never used because otherwise she died. Um so all those things that you got turn one then immediately just went, I don't need these anymore. You can actually go read that page of rules now um, and get all those casting benefits. Though she did lose some of them. Yeah. And look, I, I really like she's a triple caster. She gets two unbinds a turn. She gets plus one to her casting, dispelling and unbinding, which is great. Um, I really love the black horror of Orgu. The fact that it's 36 inch range, you could be doing between one to D six mortal wounds from, from a significant range, which is just brutal. Um, one thing also to talk about with the, the rule that you talked about, the one soul, two bodies is that one of the biggest tricks in the olden days was that you would do damage between rounds through a predatory endless spell because she could only take damage in the turn. And that rule technically didn't work in between the, you know, the between the battle no. rounds. And that was a big loophole for, for, for Daughters of Cain players. That's been closed. So now she's only taking three wounds a turn. Yeah, so it closes for both sides. It means Emerald Life Swarm no longer heals her as well. So and she yeah, can either be damaged nor healed. Yeah. Yeah. Marathi oh, can't be. No, 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 yeah, Marathi can't be healed. So at minimum, she's gonna be around for four turns, uh, I think at maximum. Uh, sorry, minimum, but um, uh, I know from from my time playing against Marathi, sometimes it's just not worth going for her. Sometimes you just let her leave her alone and just focus on the other parts of the army, which is also a win-win. She's either soaking up damage or she's uh, being ignored and just terrorizing your opponent. Yeah, and so the aim of what I'm trying to use Marathi for in this is to pretty much be her harasser and to tag off units. I'm not actually caring if the Shadow Queen or Marathi Kane actually kill anything because they're not the ones that I think are going to kill stuff. By being able to tie up my opponent's units, I'm hoping to tie up their big combat threats with them because um, little Marathi, she's still negative one to hit. Um, so she can go into the side of like a big unit, tag a couple. She's probably not going to take that much damage from uh, minimum units. Um and then the Shadow Queen can actually go into a big threat and potentially do some damage to a big threat. Um, so like a, a Terrorgeist, et cetera, or whatever. Because Marathi can go into a Terrorgeist completely fearless. Yeah. Um, she doesn't She doesn't care how many sixes you roll on that bite. She's taken three wounds. Um, and she will probably now, the Shadow Queen is a lot more killy than it used to be. 
um, a the, lot more. The, the the Shadow Queen did lose the Gazer Marathi. So the Gazer Marathi, which was the shooting attack, could pull units out of co like a coherency. Um, but instead, it's now it's still there, but it's just a completely different Gazer Marathi. It is a little bit further range. So I think it's it's like doubled the range. I think before it was like nine or twelve. It's now eighteen. Uh, it does rend three d six damage, so it's a nice little change as well. Um, she does some good damage. Rend two, you know, flat three damage, flat six damage. Um, she does some some serious damage, and I know when I was talking to Chuck Moore. Um, you know, the Fury of the Shadow Queen really combines quite well with your Canary or your Medusa unit. So if you want to maybe choose another unit from Daughters of Cain, it might actually reward you for taking Blood Sisters or Blood Stalkers uh, because those models within three inches um, of Marathi, sorry, while models are within three inches of the enemy, you add plus one to the attack characteristics um, who are within 18s of, yeah, so it's a nice little, yeah. nice little ability if you want to increase those attacks in addition to um some of the other stacks yeah um and so like i said she's going to get into like big monsters that aren't going to be able to kill her and she's just going to go into them and get a couple of turns and probably kill most things she will kill most things equal size in at least two turns because she gets two turns and if she doesn't she'll kill them in three because she gets three turns yeah. Um, yeah, she'll, anything she'll get, her size, she'll win in a combat because she just has the attrition value. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she only takes three damage means that you're going to get her at minimum for two turns on both of our sides. So at minimum, it's going to be four, four, um, four turns, two battle rounds at minimum. Uh, should they put the damage through? Yeah. Um, so yeah, she she does a lot, and so. The idea of her pinning stuff into place is where the army list I've built up around her comes into it. Oh, love it. Uh, you've got yourself 10 Black Art Corsairs. You've got three units. Are they just like a cheap screen? Um, yeah, the, the cheapest unit available to me. Um, obviously, with Aether Wings gone, if I was in normal cities of Sigma, there'd probably be three units of Aether Wings and more chariots. Um, but with that gone, they become the, the most useful unit, I think, their ability to be both combat and uh, shooting is worthy of their place in the list. They're also cheap, like 10 points cheaper on three units. That's all of a sudden 30 points of save. That's the burning head paid for. Um, Maybe a question that people are, are thinking to themselves, and I, I'd like your thoughts on this, is um, a Blackguard Corsair unit of 10 is worth 80 points. A Chariot is worth 80 points. Why wouldn't you just take three units of um, of one chariot? So why wouldn't you just take another unit of three scourge runners? Why why would you take three units of ten? So first of all, it's just flat up wounds. There's ten to six. Um, also, the chariots do not have the sea dragon cloak rule where they get additional saves. So they are always a five up save on the chariots rather than a four up save versus shooting like the corsairs will be. Um, and yeah, they just. While they're faster, yeah, they're, they're lacking those bodies as well. Bodies on the table is incredibly important in Age of Sigma numbers. And that was and that was why I wanted out of you. The fact that on the objective, this, the chariot is only worth one up to three. But if you want bodies, you know, you're going to need some bodies around an objective. Mm -hmm. So the Corsairs add that to the table. Yeah. And so depending how, like, whether or not you get the turn, it's highly unlikely you're going to get the choice with this army. 
Um, so they're also going to provide screens. The chariots are a big screen, but you don't want to be sacrificing chariots to screening unless you really have to. Um, you'd rather be sacrificing these Corsairs in your first turn to get taking charges and allowing Marathi to do her work and the chariots to do their work. Yeah, absolutely. Your 30 Dark Shards, I imagine, play a very similar role. Lots of shooting, yeah. run, and charge with the, run and shoot with the Sorceress. Uh, Vitrilic Spray comes into play as well. That makes those Dark Shards just even more damage. Same same type of role, nothing really changes in this list. Yeah, there's nothing really changes more than you haven't got a Daughters of Cain Priest, so you're relying on your Black Up Fleet Master to be near them to use the prayer to give them the uh, incitement to murder. And it might be less reliant on the plus two to cast from the Sorceress because while you can stab a Dark Shard, you are sacrificing attacks. So um, Yeah, the stab is not as useful in this. Yeah, so so keep that in mind. Just, you know, um, you might automatically go for that plus two, but maybe you don't need it. Um, just think of the situation. Yeah. And then the chariots, they do a lot of damage. Um, anyone who's played against mass Scourge Runner chariots, um, there was actually a really good game of on tabletop uh, TO or whatever it's called. Uh, what's it yeah. called? Uh, the tabletop simulator. Um, I was watching a really cool game on one of Rob's streams that he did with a guy with a whole bunch of Scourge Runner chariots. In mass numbers, they can really take stuff down. Um, there's a lot of mortal wounds coming out of that. There's a lot of damage coming out of that. Uh, that can be where it needs to be due to its higher movement. Yeah, um, I, I, I run two units of three, so I've only used a maximum of six. And um, I think, as we talked about earlier, the harpoon attack doing mortals on sixes, um, the speed of 12, um, the wound of six. So um, very rarely do you have to worry about battle shock. It's super unlucky um, when you do. The Having the, the beast master getting the plus one to hit for that particular um, missile weapon is great. Um, the, the For me, the, the base size, I think, is what, a 120 by 90 or what? It's, it's quite on a, the generic sort of monster base, the, whatever you associate. It's a, very big it's a very big footprint um, those chariots take up. Although the challenge is then is that they can get blocked off easily or they can block off your own army. So just um, yeah. do keep that in mind. Yeah, generally how I would play this is you would have them in your back lines to start the game because your Corsairs can easily move out the way for them while it's not as easy to move your chariots out of the way. Though remembering 25 mil bases are less than an inch, so as long as your chariots are bigger than 25 millimeters they can stay away and your units can run through the gaps yeah i've, I've pulled down neferata with the um the the harpoon shots alone so um i've killed archaeon with them <laughs> um got lucky and i've taken down archaeon with them that's probably the biggest biggest head i've ever taken with them well um, if we're if we're uh if we're gloating like that i pulled down archaeon with 40 free guild swordsmen <laughs> love it he dies to a lot, though. To be fair, it's not that big a deal to take Archeon. I've seen him die to so much. Nobody. <laughs> he's, just a, uh, he's just an angry ex of the Empire. Uh, yeah. But, so, cool. So you got the Surge Runner Chariots. Uh, they, they, they're great. Uh, I, I really do like them. Big bases. Um, even when they went from 60 points to 80 points, I still think they're valuable. Um, I think um, they're a bit of a no-brainer. And being battle ba battle line as well. The cool thing as well with those big bases is you, is you can you can sit them on an objective and straight up deny your opponent from actually getting on. Just They're yeah. just huge bases. Yeah, that's a, a big thing that I don't think... Like, if you need to sacrifice them, sacrifice them. Like, they can string out... It will effectively 
take a third of the objectives ring up. So your opponent has to have to go around or go into combat. And as we mentioned before, to actually take them out in combat, you're having to put something decent into them. 18 wounds on a five up. They're, they're going to shrug off any little chaff unit you throw at them. Yeah, no, they're great. Uh, extra command point uh, is there because we're not going to get the battalion, um, I imagine, and the burning head plays the same role as re-rolling ones yep. to hit. Hold yeah, Marathi, Marathi would most likely be casting that. Yeah, and because, you know, you, if, you throw, if you throw that in, you know, if you throw that into big Marathi, who cares? She can only take three damage, right? Yeah, um, so that can actually be useful on Marathi forward, like in your forward lines, um, because all of a sudden you're not having to spend that command point, which are even more so much lighter in this list. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. It's a uh, it's a good use of burning head. Like I said, uh, I used it with my gits. Um, I really like it. I think it's completely underutilized. Uh, it is a little bit hard sometimes being holy within nine, which is why I like single things like my um, my my colossal squig and my my mm. mangler squig. Um, so definitely using it with Marathi is is a great use. 2K on the nose, 140, 42 wounds. Um, any, any final comments about this particular list? I do have some closing comments I want to ask you, but is there anything else you want to ask, mention Sorry, with this particular list? No, I think this is just a good way to get a cool model in your list. Like Marathi is fun to play. People are going to be wanting to take her. She's the big story arc. Why would you not want to take her in her new story arc thing? For me, um, everyone knows I'm sort of very narrative-driven at my core. I like competitive, but I always have some sort of story at the back. And so for me, I want to play Marathi and Hakuron. I want to play her in a new domain. No, that's great. No, that's awesome. And I, I like that you've been able to bring a couple of different flavors. You've kept con consistency with your list. You do have you know, your Scourge Runner Chariot. You, you know, you, you've, you've brought some consistency, but you've then changed it around. And um, we've talked a lot about the Dreadlord on Black Dragon, but that hasn't featured in any of your lists. So, you know, if you don't quite like Marathi or you don't want to go buy Marathi, you could buy yourself a uh, Dreadlord on Black Dragon to a unit of 10 uh, Dreads, Dread, Drake Spawn Knights. I was going to say Dread Spawn. Yeah. Drake Spawn Knights. Uh, if you want to change those chariots into um, Drake Spawn Chariots and do some models on the charge, um, if you just want to have more bodies and more, you know, uh, executioners or dread blades or, you know, th those type of things, I think we've kind of showed some of the ways you can take those rules and then put it into a semi-competitive list uh, again it's yeah. not probably going to either no you're not going to go zero and five you, you are middle tables and that's good for us that's that's where we want to be yeah um expectations is all of it like it's not a five and oh army it i would be really surprised if i ever saw a harker on list go five and oh um if, if you do it's basically you're gonna, you can you can do four and one three and two you can aim for four and one that should be your five and oh if you do, it's based on you as the player, not because I'm yeah. pushing around busted models. And that's when I talk about that, that's what I mean. I mean that the army, I'm not going to push it forward and just auto win everything. Uh, it's going to be based off your skill, your knowledge, um, your abilities as player to, to read the situation. Yeah. Um, and like talking about if you want to get alternate units in the army, that first list I wrote is extremely easy to start flipping stuff out for others. Like those witch elves can also drop out for like executioners or um and like even dropping the battalion in that taking a dreadlord swapping out those dark shards for a nice big blob of drake spawn who are really survival they have a three up save they um they are very underrated 
as a unit. Yeah, they've only got one attack, but it's a cavalry unit that can get to where it needs and hold the line really well. Um, he gets this really good movement through your Canera. You could tap into the new Underworld Warband, uh, the 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 um the Knight Shadow Stalkers. Um, um, even Shadow Warriors are a good shout because you get them as well. So there's a deep striking unit that you're not having to take Daughters of Cain models for. And, and and we were talking earlier. I think Craig brought it up in the in the comments. Was um, you know grabbing yourself an assassin and putting the assassin in with the shadow warriors potentially and um, activating some abilities or making them harder to take down. So I think again, the opportunity is endless. And depending if you either are an old old dark elf player bringing your old force in, or if you are a new player who really likes the dark elf kind of aesthetic there's a lot of different ways to play it and that's probably very thematic to cities of sigma there is no one silver bullet list for our army but the burning question luke that i had for you and kind of as we kind of bring this home was that the battalion and the rules are very consistent with anvil guard now obviously there's pros and cons on either side is would you ditch anvil guard for this list now do you think do you think that Anvil Guard still has its place? Do you think that this is like a vacation home and you'll go back to Anvil Guard? Like, how do you think about the relationship between Anvil Guard and Harkuron? So probably the thing to mention is I'm a massive cities player as well. Like Dark Elves, while I have it, I do have a free guild, massive free guild contingent. I've got my Wanderers. I've got all the other parts. For me, Harkuron allows me to play Dark Elves and getting rules that benefit my Dark Elves purely to play Dark Elves if I want to play that. Um, very much the same in how, like, I know you don't have to, but I like playing Living City to play my old Wood Elves as an old force again. It allows me to do something I used to do and do it again with rules that benefit it. I probably would say I'm probably more likely to play Anvil Guard more often than I am Harkaron, um, which is not a bad thing. Like, Harkaron has its place. It will have its list, although I do think the lists are very different than I'm going to play in Anvil Guard and Harkaron. They're sufficiently different enough that i'm going to play them with different models which i think is a big thing i'm not like yeah okay i've got my scourge privateers at the core of both of them but if i'm being really serious looking more at hakuron probably in the future i'm probably going to drop the privateers out for some other options because i've got things that do that job better with taking witch elves for example um, like I've already dropped my combat privateers out of my army because the witch elves sort of do their job but vastly yeah. superior um, and so do I need my shooting crosshairs in there when I've got the dark shards? Maybe not. And does that open room up to take maybe some dread spears or bleak swords, um, or even, uh, some cavalry? Um, I know we sort of wrote them off before. Dark riders are actually amazing. They're super, super, super fast. 14 inch move with run and charge with plus one to charge. They're a 21 inch move unit. I know. I just like. I, I just look at the bravery debuff, yeah. and I just like yeah. shake. My that's head, that's but... that's not why I'm taking them. It's the movement. Yeah. 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 No, um, no, no. But... I totally, totally get it. I just, I, I just wish they were a little bit better. I think that's where, like, when I look at it and go, oh, you have yeah. potential. Like, you just if that bravery debuff stacked for every unit to dark riders, that'd be cool. That's probably an instant fix on them. I know bravery will have the whole comments of um, bravery's not existing in the game, but I mean. Playing in my local group, bravery matters so much more than when I play in tournaments. My dark riders see game time. 
Yeah, and and you know, like I, I look at I look at this, and I think one of the biggest pain points for dark elf players is executioners are just not what they used to be. Um, and and I yeah. think that you know, if you are very passionate about your executioners, and if you're looking for a reason to use them, I think this um, this incite incitement to murder in combination with the executioners does almost get them to where they used to be um so you can still play with your old toys because i think a lot of players that i've seen use executions are just frustrated that they were at one point the same points as great swords and phoenix guard but they were just half the unit that those two armies are yeah because obviously they went down from the two mortal wound proc to the one mortal wound proc which is massive that yeah, extremely changed it. Ten block of executioners used to be one of the most frightening, like little throwaway units in the game. Um, I just fling text execution. Now they're not quite as frightening, but I think in the dropping points they're good. Blackguard are another great shout um, for a good unit. Um, they are solid. Um, went around a sorceress, they're getting plus one to hit. Um, there, there's some good units, and it's going to allow you to play those dark elves how you want to. Yeah, put out the Canary, bring out the, the snakes, a big block of 20 snakes, bring out your, your Marathi, bring out your Witch Elves or your Sisters of Slaughter for their six-inch pile-in, uh, bring in however you want to build your army. And I think this, I think for me, Cities of Sigma allows me to sit in an, uh, an army and just manipulate it and change it, and uh, it stays fresh for such a long time, uh, probably the freshest that I've been it sits for, for most of my armies. So... Um, very, very cool. And you know what? Once you're done with that, as you said, you can go over to um, Anvil Guard and you can jump between the two and it'll feel different despite being the same models. Yeah. Um, I think I was, and that is just the, the benefit of cities in the end. Cities is just this massive, it now is effectively nine armies in one. Like their allegiance abilities are so utterly different for whatever city you play. You've got nine armies to play. Mm-hmm. And like this hard. I tell my wife I've got nine armies. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's great. I tell my wife I've got like one army, but really it's twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Look, I'm 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 really excited. I like Harkuron. Um, I personally I, I do like uh, Mist Harvin as well. Um, if I was a Dark Elf player, I'd be very excited about this. So I think you guys uh, are in a good spot. I can't wait to start seeing these guys on the table. Um, I, I know Alex Murray in my local community as well, another OG Dark Elf player, has been trying to make his army work in Hello Heart. It just doesn't work the way he wants to work it. This is going to be great. So yeah, Luke, you are Cinder 4 Gaming. You do have a YouTube channel. You are putting out some amazing content. You put out a lot of content. Uh, you are a content machine. If people want to learn more about you, uh, I do have your channel down below, so go give it a sub. Any shout-outs, anything you want to say kind of before we close up and I go to bed? Um, no, not really. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at DadHammerNeo, um, and that's down there as well. I think we've got that. Uh, and also, yeah, uh, I can't remember. Um, and definitely keep watching everything on AOS Coach as well and my own channel as well. Um, Magro puts out a bunch of amazing content. He's, you're doing great things for the community, man. Couldn't shout you out enough. Um, thanks, thanks for shouting me out my channel. I much appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Um, I'll have people from, I don't know. Um, 
just Australian Age of Sigma and content in general. Everyone over here, wherever you are in the world, we seem to be getting through whatever's going on. So Australians keep putting out content wherever in Australia they are, whether it's Heroes of War, Doom and Darkness, whoever. There's plenty. No, we've got a great community, and we're very fortunate right now to be putting, uh, having some real-life games as well. So uh, Luke, Luke's experience is not just uh, maths hammering and theory crafting. It is real practical experience. So um, take what you will from this, whether you want to follow Luke's lead or whether you just want to take his knowledge and put it into your own type of lists. Um, that, that, for me, is what this is all about. So, Luke, I want to thank you very much. We're going to wrap up the show um, thank you all for joining. You guys are legends, and uh, I'll check you guys all soon. Yeah, thank you all. Ciao. Mate, how good was that video? Surely it's going to go straight to the pool room. If you enjoyed that video, I would appreciate it if you crush that like button, and if you have an opinion, leave it in the comment section. That lets YouTube know it's a great video, and it should share it with other Age of Sigmar players. Cheers to all the bloody legends here on the screen who have financially supported AOS Coach on Patreon on YouTube members. Their contributions have helped me improve the quality, frequency, and the variety of content on this channel. So cheers, guys. You are bloody legends. Until the next video, don't forget to shoot the heroes and have a good one.